0: Welcome, everyone, to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me, as always, is my friend, Kales.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Tonight, we have a couple of documentaries to go through, and then also a new sci-fi action film that will be coming out a couple of days before July the 4th. For your viewing pleasure, we are going to just jump right into this and get going. Our first film of this episode is an acclaimed documentary that came out earlier this year. I can't remember close. Was it Sundance that this one premiered at?
1: Yeah, it was Sundance, and it won a couple of the biggest prizes there.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It was was definitely a huge hit, and I've been looking forward to this one uh, ever since the beginning of the year. So it's called Mm -hmm. Summer of Soul, and it is directed by Questlove, also known as Amir Thompson. I guess I might. Say that backwards, but everybody knows him as Questlove. What's it about? In his acclaimed debut as a filmmaker, Questlove presents a powerful and transporting documentary, part music film, part historical record, created around an epic event that celebrated black history, culture, and fashion. Over the course of six weeks in the summer of nineteen sixty nine, the same one that Brian Adams sings about. Uh just one hundred miles south of Woodstock, the Harlem Cultural Festival was filmed in Mount Morris Park now called Marcus Garvey Park the footage was never seen and largely forgotten until now summer of soul shines a light on the importance of history to our spiritual well-being and stands as a testament to the healing power of music during times of unrest both past and present it features including its features include never before seen concert performances by the likes of Stevie Wonder Nina Simone Sly and the Family Stone Gladys Knight and the Pips Mahalia Jackson, B.B. King, The Fifth Dimension, and much more. All right, I'm going to start us off on this one, Coless, um, with my likes and just kind of with my overall thoughts. So I went into this, you know, hype, love me, a good documentary. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to praise the filmmaking here and the way in which the documentary is presented through interviews from people who were at the festival, from different musical acts. The archival footage is truly unbelievable. It's, it's the highlight of the thing for me. The fact that they were able to unearth this incredible amount of footage and concerts that, that had not been seen. It's, it's a travesty that it took this long, right? And there's a lot to talk about or a lot you could, you could consider as to why that is the case, right? When Woodstock, which also happened around this exact same time. Nobody doesn't know what Woodstock is. Like, it, you could be coming into this world, you're five years old, you know, you've heard of Woodstock somehow. You know, it's that ingrained in our culture, in the zeitgeist, so to speak. And so, seeing this incredible festival was really neat to think about how important it was to the people that were there, the people that participated in it, and then also to the people now who really enjoy this music. I think that it captures really well that rare you are there feeling through the concert footage. Like you get the sense that you're attending these concerts. Here's the thing for me. I was not a big fan of the music. So I like soul fine enough. I don't dislike it. There are genres of music that I just don't care to listen to ever. But this is in the middle. This is a genre that I, you know, it's great. Like I can respect the absolute crap out of these artists. I know they're some of the all-time greats, but I also know that it's not going to hit for me and for other people who may not love this kind of music. You give me a historical, you know, concert documentary about a genre of music that perhaps like 20 years from now you do one on the alternative movement in the late 90s and early 2000s about Linkin Park or whatever. And I'm probably going to eat that up because I love that kind of music. But because I didn't love that music, I really had a hard time connecting as well with this one. I felt like it went a little bit long for me. On the flip side, I could see someone who really enjoyed what they were seeing, who would want this to be extended and, and just give me more, give me more, feed me, feed me. It's great filmmaking. So I don't I just wanted to get my thoughts out of the way because I know you really loved it and I don't want it to be thought of that I'm hating on this when people see three stars and go oh Aaron doesn't like it no Aaron did like it Aaron. Aaron thinks it's a great documentary it's just not really something that's for me personally in the way that it's going to be for other people so with that said I'll toss it to you
1: I salute you brother for the way you put that oftentimes when it comes to things like movies and music and books when We hear a differing opinion on something we like, oftentimes people treat that with hostility. They treat it like you're the wrong person, that you have the wrong opinion and that, oh, it wasn't for you, or that means that you automatically hate it and that you never want to see it again. No. I'm glad that you put it that way as far as music. You know, this is just music that you didn't grow up listening to and, you know, you wasn't really introduced to, which is not a bad thing either. You know, we like we like what we like and nothing can really change that and just because you don't like it doesn't mean that takes away from the power of it or it takes away from anybody who is a fan of it so i'm just very happy with the way you put that well well said thank you
0: i appreciate that well tell us why you absolutely love this movie
1: um i thought it was an incredible piece of historical footage like you said crazy how good this looks when this was just filmed in 1969 and that it was kept in a basement for over 50 years it was about to be forgotten it was about to be you know remember the inner raiders of the lost ark where they take the ark and they put it into this (laughs) big warehouse full of all these other treasures it's like no no you you don't put something like that amongst everything else you unearth that and you keep it out for display or something it's powerful it's too good to be kept hidden away and locked away from anybody to see and this concert felt like a treasure because it was during a time where there was really bad unrest and the country was it was in a boiling pot I mean we had just we had lost John Kennedy five years ago we lost Malcolm X and in one year we lost both Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy so it, it just wasn't a good time in America and especially it wasn't a good time for African Americans but this documentary shows you the power that music can have on someone's life the power that I can have to have people forget about the problems for at least a couple of hours. The power for people to feel freedom, to feel strong, to feel like they mean something, to dance with joy and have smiles on their faces. You know, there are a lot of shots in the film where outside of, of the great performance we're seeing, we're seeing crowd shots, we're seeing people dancing, we're seeing people interact with each other. We're just seeing, We're seeing something different than what was going on in 1968 with the riots and the political unrest and just the sheer, the sheer doom of it all. Like, it felt like almost like the world was ending. But for these few weeks that this festival was in Harlem, these people got to see something different. And they got to feel black and proud. And they got to feel like they meant something. There was a nice touch in this film where they had the performers, who were, the musical acts who performed there, watch their own footage. Like, it had been 50 years and they, you know, they might still have the memories. But like a person says, when you haven't seen what your memories look like, it almost feels like they're fake. It feels like you're imagining it. So having these performers relive those times, you know, when they were younger, you know, when they were standing up for something, making their place on this important day and having a historical moment, it it was goosebumps inducing. I felt emotionally invested. You know, these were these were my grandparents' heroes. This is the music that my mom grew up listening to. You know, I was exposed to all these people and seeing them in the flesh Just, you know, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, um, David Ruffin from The Temptations, Nina Simone, B.B. King, and including some different groups with different musical styles I had never heard of. You know, it all gets exposed. It's not just about African-American empowerment. It's about Puerto Rican empowerment. It's about for empowerment for anybody who is brown color, empowerment for the person who is my neighbor, empowerment for for the stranger I don't even know about. This film just oozes um, strong power, you know, it's in, it's just incredible. It's probably one of the best documentaries I've seen in the recent years. A documentary that kept me enthralled, even though it's 117 minutes, like you said, I wanted to see at least fifty more minutes of this. I wanted to see more performances. I wanted to, you know, see about this era and see how important this concept was, even though many people wanted to forget it. It, it was something that I couldn't keep my eyes off of, and it's definitely a treasure. You know, it was definitely a diamond in the rough that thankfully got unearthed.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, it's nice to hear that. I love, that's what I love about, generally speaking, our show. I mean, this this one, you know, it's, sometimes we're not going to like a movie, but anytime we get to talk about something passionately, positively, like that's the best feeling you can ever have. That's why we do watch so many movies It's for those experiences, right? Those rare, you watch a hundred to get the one like that's going to be like ah oh, that's that that's it that's the one right and it's and it's all worth it so this will be available in theaters and streaming so a co-release it'll be on hulu on july the 2nd what are you thinking theater
1: couch or well i'm gonna just throw it out no thanks theater or couch this is a must watch in the theater the highest format you can get see the film watch it and if you're not able to make it to the theater, if you don't have a Hulu account, make a Hulu account. This is this is worth any price in my opinion.
0: I would say I think it can be enjoyed very well at home on Hulu. But I think this is the kind of filmmaking and I'm such a fan of documentaries in general and good documentaries and I want to see that genre continue to just grow and explode and have the backing for people who make documentaries to make better and, and create incredible ones. And so I would say go see it in the theater because it's worth – if you're interested in this, if if what Coles just talked about, if that gave you chills and got you excited, then you are the target audience and then you should go see it in the theater. Give them your money. Let them know the things you love are worth paying for. That's what we need to do. And if you're not – if you're like me and maybe you don't love the movie but you love good movies and filmmaking – and you want to see what it's all about, then you should watch it on Hulu. Absolutely. I I would expect this to be an Oscar-nominated documentary. That's another thing. I would be shocked, frankly, if it doesn't come up in that category. So if you're one of those people who likes to see them all, you might as well just go ahead and get it out of the way now because you're going to be having it on your list later. All right. Well, that is not the case with the next documentary we're going to be talking about. (laughs) Not to give away the goat, but this next film we're going to discuss is called Fathom. And it is directed and photographed by Drew Xanthopoulos. I think he's Greek. So I'm sorry, Drew, if I butchered that. Your first name was much easier. What's it about? It follows Dr. Ellen Garland and Dr. Michelle Fournette, two scientists focused on the study of humpback whale songs and social communication. As they embark on parallel research journeys on opposite sides of the world, they seek to better understand whale culture and communication. I'll admit this was a one of my picks that I threw in there and asked Coles, I was like, can we do this? Because I love nature documentaries in general and I thought, man, this sounds really cool, studying humpback whale songs and like, what is their I, I, the word c- culture is kind of funny because you don't think of whales as having a culture, but it, you know like, how do they move around and what do, what's their life like? So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it hit that great for either one of us but w- was there anything you particularly liked about this, Coles?
1: Well, I do like being exposed to environmental issues and anything involving animals and how they're, how they communicate, how they maneuver around the world. And in this case, we have humpback whales and they're in the ocean and we're trying to learn how they communicate through sound, which I think is pretty cool. You know, the subject matter is something that I think is interesting. Um, something that I would like to see more of as far as like educational purposes. The visuals look great. The cinematography is beautiful. It's a very beautiful film. And I think that's also in part because of Apple TV's, you know, their streaming quality. And it looks like I'm doing an ad for them. I'm not. But Apple TV, they they, they have the best visuals, I think, of any streaming service out there. Like, their bit rate is very high. And they make gorgeous-looking films. Like, even if you don't have the fastest internet, I mean, Apple TV films are still going to look mighty great. So this film has a nice look about it. And the sound design is good, too. I mean, you hear these wells and the sounds that they're making underneath the ocean. And if you have a good sound system, you know, or even a sound bar like I do, then it does hit nice in some parts when we hear those songs and that form of communication.
0: That's it. That's it. He stopped talking. Okay, so I think he's done. (laughs) I think he's done. All right. Well, listen, I agree 100% with what he's saying about Apple TV, and he just said it brilliantly. I mean, we're both big stands for Apple TV Plus in general. The films, the documentaries, the TV shows in particular, like everything about this service is really good usually. um, And there's something to love in it, even though it's not got a ton of content just yet. I would echo what you're saying because the thing that stood out to me the most was the moments of beautiful photography. There is an opening section of the film that features some ocean photography in in general that was just absolutely stunning, gorgeous, just incredible to look at. It had that feel that, you know, the drops of water off the the sea spray was going to come through your TV and and hit you and you were going to feel it. It was that strong and that amazingly like crisp and then there's some other really good photography of some foresty type scenes as well that I thoroughly enjoyed and I like the premise because that's why I wanted to see the movie I thought it was a really neat idea and I don't have a lot more to say about that being well executed okay so I'm gonna launch into my dislikes now and just here's the thing The biggest problem for me with this film is that it takes a really interesting topic and I I don't ever fault anyone for making a documentary because I think that there's a passion there and I really respect that. The problem is that this particular idea and these particular scientists are both combined incredibly boring. It is made in a way that is just hard to create interest in a viewer from a film standpoint. Give me this in a 20-minute YouTube video about science. Give me this in something like a class-type lesson in a college room of some sort. Like, this is a different type of thing. It's informational, but it wasn't entertaining for me at all. The topic itself is just its too abstract. And they try they tried to like animate the imaging sound patterns at times. And they have a bunch of shots of writing out complicated math equations. Those things are not cinematic. I'm sorry. They're just not. And so it was really easy to feel your attention waning. And the two scientists are not charismatic at all. They are probably very stereotypical scientists who are data driven. They're, you know, calculating in their heads their entire life is committed to studying whale sounds guys so like I mean there's a social lack of social interaction that kind of comes with that in the way that you are when you're on screen and it comes through loud and clear they're just not that engaging as subjects frankly and so those things made it hard for me to at all connect with this and and I honest to goodness like this was a movie where I was falling asleep I was so checked out that it was hard for me to finish it and to not want to just pick up my phone and do something else and I, I won't do that if it's a film we're reviewing or if it's, if it's a rewatch I'm happy to watch it while I'm looking at my phone or something but I'm not gonna do that if someone we're reviewing but this was a struggle to get through and so I just was a little bit bummed honestly that it, it wasn't more visually interesting and stimulating than it ended up being?
1: Well, I always say, when I watch a documentary, I don't want to feel like I'm being lectured. I I don't want to feel like that I'm sitting in a classroom and there's a monotonic teacher that is telling me about something I should learn about, something that is important, something that can be exciting and fun, but they're giving it to me in a dry way. And, And this feels like a very dry look at how we measure the communication between humpback whales. Like you said, the the scientists that are in this, they really don't do anything remotely exciting. I mean, their job mostly consists of doing a lot of math problems, doing countless hours of sound testing through headphones, going out and trying to play back a song to get these whales to come to them. I mean, it's nothing that's really going to make you jump out of your seat and just be interested unless you're already in that world. And I'm being as respectful as I can be. This film is really only for people who are really deeply interested in this subject. Like, if you're coming in here as a general viewer or somebody who is scrolling through a lineup of films and thinking, like, oh, this is going to be interesting, no, I would advise you to only go into this film if you are really interested in the subject of Humpback Whales and how animals communicate through the water. Because otherwise, you are literally just going to be sitting there like, like a bump on the log like waiting for it to be over and that's what I was doing. I was waiting for this to be over. Like you, I was playing with my phone. I I was um looking up I was looking up text messages from friends. You know, I was going on Reddit. Like I was doing other things other than being in this film and that's a problem. Because the intention is nice. It's a good intention. It's for a good cause. You know, it's warning against climate change. You know, global warming. It's warning against how we should keep these species protected. You know you know, to keep them from being extinct, it's all a good message. But it feels like it feels like that VCR that you would get in high school when they were rolling with the TV on the wheels, and they put <laughs> in the VCR, and you thought you were going to yes. watch a great film, and instead you're going to watch another lesson. Yeah. That's what the film is. It's another lesson.
0: That's such a great way of putting it. I love that description. You're so right. It does, and it feels. And I love what you just said also about how feels like something that is it already expects you to be into the topic documentaries are supposed to drag you in to becoming interested in the topic not just made for people that already are like in a community or in a world and understand it they're supposed to be able to pull in people from the outside to understand and explain it to and and get to you know experience it and it doesn't do that well at all. Uh, it is available on Apple TV Plus now, so the service is absolutely worth your money, but maybe skip this one. That would be my recommendation.
1: I say no thanks. I'm also saying no thanks either, but this will be good for a classroom. You can bring this documentary in a classroom, and if you want to bore your kids to death, here you go. I
0: was about to say, those kids are going to be throwing
1: spitballs by the end of that <laughs> class uh, for sure. They'll be doing some TikTok while, while this is going on.
0: <laughs> that is, Yeah, that's exactly right okay well our last film is not a documentary it is a sci-fi action movie coming to amazon prime video very soon it is called the tomorrow war and it stars chris pratt yvonne Strahovski, jk simmons betty gilpin sam richardson edwin hodge jasmine matthews ryan kira armstrong and keith powers it is directed by chris mckay who some may know as the director of One of my favorites, the Lego Batman movie. And it is written by Zach Dean. What's it about? A family man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. About as generic of a tagline as you are going to get, which is fine. That's okay. So, Coles, I will let you get us going. What did you like about it?
1: There's a lot to like in this film. Even with the generic concept, they do a couple of things different that sets it apart from other films that deal with this. You know, we're used to seeing the independent day films where the military is coming together to fight against aliens. But what you hardly don't see are regular citizens, regular citizens that are sitting on their couch, watching TV, going to Starbucks, um, just regularly living life, having to be immediately called to action in a war a war that's going on 30 years away in the future and then you have people who come from the future telling you hey we need to recruit you and guess what your tour of duty is seven days and you could die and hey if you come back you can get called again like it's a very interesting concept outside of the typical time travel movie that you see and I love the action in this film. The action is really good. When there's not, this movie isn't trying to overblow you with action. It picks the spots when to show the battle between humans and aliens. And I love the sound design. I love the way, it was very satisfying to hear bullets shot in this film. I don't know if that's weird or not or sadistic, but hearing just the gunshots in this film from machine guns, it felt, it, it sounded really good. And you know, hearing the sounds of the aliens and how scary and terrifying they look, and just you can just the screen, the screens just make your blood curdle with just how they sound. And then seeing these great landscapes, nice cinematography in this film. There's one scene in this film where Chris Pratt is trying to save from going into the water where all these aliens are swimming about, and literally there is a wide shot of Chris reaching out to her. It almost feels like something from the Sistine Chapel. He's reaching out to her trying to grab her hand and all of these aliens are just surrounding her and like there's a nice orange red sky in the background and it's like the lighting is just perfect. It's a stellar image and there's a lot of things in the visual design of the film that work very well. It looks really good. For an Amazon film, this looks prime time. But then I remembered that this film was supposed to be released last year under my Pictures. It was supposed to be in theaters, but the pandemic happened and now he got shipped onto here. And let me tell you, I think Amazon was great bidding two hundred million for this. This was a fun, balls to the wall, engaging and sometimes compelling drama time travel action film. And Chris Pratt, he may not be the best leading man in Hollywood, but I think he does a good job with the material. He's playing this guy who feels like He's not living his life the way he wants to. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't achieved anything. He's an ex-military guy. He's trying to find a reason to feel that sense of valor, a reason to feel important. And he gets that chance by way of fighting in this war. But also there's the beautiful father and daughter dynamic in this film. The father and daughter relationship in this film is so cute. It's adorable. It's sweet. It it really kind of brings a tear to your eye with, how this war is impacting that relationship especially when we go to the future and also seeing that chris pratt his character's dad had abandoned him and he has those same fears in him he doesn't want to leave his family he doesn't want to be like what his dad did to him but he's also trying to wait to forgive his dad and jk simmons he's only in this for like a few scenes at a time but man he really delivers like he's he's just such a phenomenal actor he's one of one of my favorite actors and he does another good job and with a little bit of space to work with this is one of the best things i would say that amazon has done recently like i know they won academy awards for sound of metal and they had one night in miami but this film is just i wouldn't call it great it's very good but it has a lot of rewatchability and i could see my rating for this film growing in the future
0: Man, I think we're in lockstep here again because I feel very much the same way as you. And that scene you're talking about where it gets to kind of slow mo briefly and the fire is coming up and all of the aliens are reaching out. And it's so reminiscent of the shot of the trench in Aquaman when they're coming off the boat. Like it is like almost like almost you could flip the color palette from gr- dark greens and black to. Uh, Orange and fiery reds, and it would be like almost that same type of imagery, and it's just, it's uh, us gorgeous. So, like you, I really am bummed that I wasn't watching this in IMAX. This is a movie that would have made its money back. I think it is the kind of blockbuster that we don't necessarily get very often anymore because we're always out here screaming about how we want stuff to be more serious, frankly. (laughs) And this isn't that. It's So much Independence Day in in this movie, like from the plotting to the tone, in my opinion, it really feels like a modern day Independence Day. And so it's unsurprising that it's releasing on July the 2nd, like for the holiday of Independence Day, it feels like it's all about the totality of humanity coming together to fight an other and bonding, you know, like, regardless of all of our issues with race and cultures and and religions and all of the things and politics and the things that divide us or that we are we have to fight to get to make better even those things but like we had to come together right i think that those politics in this movie are potentially going to maybe upset some people i don't know that it takes a stand but its way of kind of saying forget all that for now because this story doesn't The story has to forget all that because they're trying to bond to save the world. I could see that maybe frustrating some people like this isn't we don't need to be thinking about that right now. So I understand that. But I think in context of the story, like that's the reality as well. It's like you got to come together and we get to see that. We see a pretty diverse cast here that I enjoyed quite a bit. Actually, for me, um, Edwin Hodge stood out. He is a character named Dorian in this film, and he's not in it a lot. But he is a character who is really good at fighting and just his attitude and the, he's, he's got that vibe where, you know, he doesn't care about anybody else. He plays kind of the opposite of a Chris Pratt. He's not, nobody in this movie is an asshole. Nobody's like hateful. And I love that because they, all, I love that we don't need characters like that in every single film. So they're all there and they all have like good intentions. He just has to go about it differently. Chris Pratt's that guy who wants to sacrifice for his team and make sure every every soldier gets out alive. Dorian is very, um, very to the point. And he's like, look, if there's a weakness, that's a weakness. The mission is this, and there are going to be people that get lost, and that is just what has to happen. And the way that these two kind of come together and find a middle ground between them I really enjoyed he's again he's not in it for much but I liked every scene he was in come to find out I don't know if you knew this he looked familiar to me and I was like man why do you look so familiar to me so I googled him he's Aldous Hodge's older brother I didn't even know that the it was a fa- yes their dad is actually what? named. yeah their dad is named Aldous Hodge too so Aldous Hodge is actually Aldous Hodge Jr and this is his older brother he's been acting been in a lot of other movies. I'm actually I put a couple of them on my watch list. Like that's kind of how I I move. Sometimes I'll see somebody and I'll be like, yeah, I want to see more of that guy. Um, he hasn't been in many movies with roles that of note, so you probably didn't notice him. But yeah, anyway, I I really liked him, and I know that you you liked Betty Gilpin for much the same reason. Not in this a lot, mm-hmm. but you had noted in your review online, uh, or on social media, I guess, that you really enjoyed her. It's got a lot of those little moments with like people like J.K. Simmons, it's, it's got great fun action, it is silly, and unrealistic at points, it does those typical tropes, where somebody's like, give me a laptop, and then it's like, click, click, and they're looking at the world's current geothermal, you know, you know, systems from 2013, or whatever, I don't know, like, it's wild how things happen in this movie, mm-hmm. but it works, it works, and It's got a lot of heart. I think that's what sets it apart. That's what makes it like different and makes you be able to kind of get through some of that kind of goofiness at times because it mixes the story you talked about of father and daughter in a really intriguing way that takes some twists and turns throughout. And it had me kind of getting a little choked up at times. And, you know, the rah-rah save the day stuff is there for those who enjoy that. I don't mind that. I also want to point out that the white spikes is what they're called. The alien race are freaking terrifying. Okay. Yeah. I cannot like seeing this on a big screen. That was one of the things there are moments where they are coming at you. These things, they almost look, they look like demonic in a sense. That's what my dad said. And I would agree, but they have these crazy, like super dangerous claws and teeth. They are incredibly fast, and they eat humans after they kill them, but they also have these tentacles that have a ranged spike projectile attack that, like, shoots out from afar, so you can't just, like, run, either. It's, it's wild. They're a really cool design, a unique design for people to be fighting, and I enjoyed that a lot. Well, is there anything that particularly stood out as kind of a negative or a drawback of this film for you?
1: 140 minutes. I feel that this film could have been cut down to at least a 107, 110 minutes. I, I don't understand action films these days. It's like we, it's like we went away from what the 90s used to do as far as having these tight little 95, 97 minute action blockbusters that still got the job done in a little bit of time. And now in this day and age, it's all about putting in so much more. And I feel this film would have been just good if it was simplified a little bit because it is doing a lot. And, hey, it works to his advantage most of the time, and other times it doesn't. Uh, there's the character of Charlie. He, he He's a trophy character in this film. The guy, you know, who clearly is the nerd, and, you know, he works with computers and everything, and he's in over his head, and he's obviously the guy who's never really shot a gun before, and he's going to crack jokes. He's going to scream when things are coming after him. He's going to be the comic relief guy, which, not bad, but easy to see coming and easy to see how his art you know, um, travels. But those are only just a couple of elements of this film. I, I find this film to be exciting. It definitely does a lot well. So much that I'm ready to watch this again. And only I'm not even considering a great film, but there's just something about it that makes me want to go back and watch it again. And I don't know what it is. Could it be the action? Could it be the great visuals? Could it be you know, some elements of the storytelling and symbolism, I think it could be all of that. And I'm ready to see if my rating increases from another rewatch. That's
0: awesome. That's really cool to hear you say that about a movie you, like, literally watched, what, last night, I think it was, that you checked it out? So that's that's a cool, that's a big positive right there. I did not like some of the, there's not a lot of these moments, thankfully, but there's a few moments where it goes, really ham like not ham crazy action but like ham me like silly and the opening scene is one of them there's some people that come back from the future to let them know what's going on and this happens the same framing device happens a couple times in the film where somebody is either walking and talking or something and the, they will walk directly at the camera Giving this monologue about what's going on, and they're supposed to be they're supposed to be talking to people around them, right, like care- other characters, not the audience, but they're but clearly it's written, so they're supposed to be talking to the audience, but it's just so in your face, like okay, that's just dumb, like just be a straight movie, I don't need you trying to break the fourth wall kind of thing, so that was a little bit too much for me. I didn't love that there are. Some recycled plot points here from many other films that you might be familiar with. Some way, some stuff in there from Edge of Tomorrow. There's some stuff in there probably from like Prometheus. Some, some stuff that inspiration would come from that. Uh, Independence Day as well, like largely in there. So I, I don't mind that as much, but how the aliens operate and how they take down the aliens, what they're supposed to do to win, isn't anything innovative and new. That part is just not. It's not... Interesting to me in a way that is, you know, different than something I've seen before. So it's fine, it's it's acceptable, it works. But it's a it's a human stuff that's more interesting, and the framing is just fun and and cool to watch it go down in. And then as I mentioned earlier, I do think that it could be somewhat of a little bit of a hot button film, especially considering Chris Pratt and how so many people view him negatively because of his political beliefs and religious beliefs and that's not a large majority it is if you ever have been on film twitter you would think it's a large majority but it's not mm-hmm. there's probably way more people out there that just love chris pratt as an actor and enjoy his movies but the stuff that's in here could make people go "Uh oh, huh Willie really? well who's that supposed to be what president is that supposed to be and what is you know what are you trying to say about the coronavirus and like there's those things you could you could start drawing your own little conclusions about this movie if you wanted. So I I'm I don't I don't know if it's a negative or dislike, but it just makes gives me pause about how some people are gonna do that and whatever. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot. It's funny because I don't have a lot negative to point out about it, but it's not a movie that I think is top tier but it is rewatchable for me like it's a movie that I want to see again too I'm gonna probably show it to my kids you know when I get the chance here in a couple weeks and I immediately texted two of my best friends and I was like hey guys this comes out I'm watching this right now it's aces you need to check this one out this is one you want to see it's a movie I'm gonna recommend to people because I think it's great in that way it can it touches on all of the things that people want heart a little bit of comedy a lot of action Citing sci-fi stuff like it's it's just a good fun kind of family blockbuster movie in my opinion so yeah uh i'll say um for me well i can't say go see it in the theater sadly which is a bummer as we mentioned but it is streaming on amazon prime video on july 2nd and i say absolutely grab the crew together over the july 4th holiday and
1: watch this one what about you hey there'll be nothing better this july 4th unless you have this on the big screen in the living room and you got family over and y'all cooking on the grill and it's sunny outside and everything. Not heat wave sunny, but just sunny outside and just having this on. It, it's a perfect combination. You know, like you said, this film is not top tier, not something that's going to go down the annals of cinematic history. But if it's not enjoyable and fun and exciting, then I don't know what is. So this is definitely getting a strong recommendation for me. And I'm probably... Going to, I'm showing this to Mallory, my girlfriend, as soon as it drops on Friday. Awesome, outstanding, man.
0: Well, that is it for us this time on FF Plus. We hope that you have found something that piques your interest. We would love to hear what you think when you do see any of the films we discuss. You can always hit us up on Twitter at film and at BlackNerdMagic, or you can just join the film Facebook discussion group and come chat with us all day, every day about anything you can think of movie-related. There's a link to that in the show notes. We will be back soon. And until then, as always, keep feeling film. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at FeelinFilm, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at ShoelessPatch Patch on both Facebook and Twitter, but be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then... Stay
1: positive and keep feeling film.